Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, welcome to Dungeons & Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long-forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season or arc has a new set of groups and stories all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. The pole, all he thinks about is knobs, knobs, knobs. That's why he gets Resonance 104.4 FM, the art of listening. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And there is no Anne this week. We're Anne-free. We're Anne-less. Um, Anne-free's better, isn't it? That's is like it's, a hands-free joke. We're on Anne. Uh, we're dis-Anne. Dis-Anne. Uh, unfortunately, we have no Anne this week, so it's just the two of us, unless you count our guests. We'll come to those beautiful people okay. in a second how are you doing simon i'm doing all right i'm i'm currently using a mac uh, which makes me multitasking simon did you notice how we were introduced uh, just then by resonance no i didn't we we came on after a, a resonance jingle that was just going knobs 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 is that right was <laughs> i was listening i was just listening i was listening to the uh, richard herring and um stuart lee uh leicester square theater podcast on my way here uh, because I note that your other podcast wasn't up yet. I went to download, I downloaded, I subscribed this morning. So your ruse last week worked. Um, and they were talking about how they just used to talk about cocks, i.e. the birds, uh, on This Morning with Richard, not Judy, uh, just just to get away with that joke. Um, of course. So, uh, yeah, well, that's nice to know how we thought of then, isn't it? How's yes. your week been? Uh, it's been okay. I had my birthday party. You'll remember that it was my birthday last oh, week. Uh, so this week we celebrated fun. my birthday. And uh, this week will be the, the sorry next week that will be the birthday after after match talk. You're struggling, aren't you? Can't I can't find, find Skype on a Mac. Where is uh, where where is it? Have you tried using Finder? I did. Yeah, I pushed Control Tab. Yeah, uh, Finder. This is interesting. And then that came up. Oh, there we go. Like there we go. I've seen. Popped up. <laughs> Good. Uh, the reason we're we're looking for Skype is because we're having to Skype in with our newsreader this time. Yes. You would have expected us to have organised that in advance. Well, I mean, we have because uh, presumably she's 
she's out there somewhere. Right, she's always on standby. She's always on standby. And by. <laughs> Cara by. Cara by. Uh, we're going to skip that update, aren't we? Uh, yes. Good, right. I think it's going to be fine. I think okay. it's going to be working out. Assuming Cara's there. Okay, good. Have you had a good week? Yeah, really good, thank you. I really did enjoy your uh, birthday party. It was nice just to see uh, lots of faces there. Kieran Gillen, it's nice to see. Lovely to see him and to hear him sing. It wasn't just my birthday party. It was One Life Less Marioki. Oh, yeah. Uh, which we... That was quite a clever way of me getting <laughs> looking more popular, wasn't it? it was. So many people. Did very well. Uh, that was good. Uh, more importantly, did you have a good time? I had a, I had a lovely time. Maybe it's time to bring in our guests. I was just thinking that. I think we've asked each other how we are several <laughs> times. I'm trying to get Skype up on the computer. We're doing live radio. Um, but seriously, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, yeah. Did you have a good weekend? It was all right. <laughs> uh, is your mother in prison? Right, Cara is online. Um, and uh, also uh, in the studio, uh, we'd like to be joined by Hannah and Liam. Hello, Hannah and Liam. Hello. From Fail Better Studios. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having us. Did I say that wrong? Felt better games. Games. Well, you were too polite to correct me, weren't you? <laughs> I am. I mean, I mean, you are a studio as well. A studio is just a building, so you are technically from a studio. Yep, he's got us there. Yep, bang to rights. Exactly. Well, we're although, a studio. Although Simon did pluralise, do you have two two offices? Yeah, we've got a uh, Fail Better Games North. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> totally correct. Simon. Good news. Cars, cars on the line. Is she? Yeah. Okay, how do I, um, which one, uh, the, the, this one. Cara. Hello, Cara. You Hi. Go. There we Hi. go, look. Hello. I'm going to go yeah, sit me. down. Cara, you're live on the radio. Please do not swear. <laughs> okay. How are you? I am good. Where I'm are you? I am good. I am in France. Still in France. Nice. Good. Well, I think we're all set, Steve, after that. It's only taken us five minutes. It's brilliant. We're a video game <laughs> radio show, and you've just seen behind the curtain. Cara, do you have some news headlines for us? I do. I have five news headlines for you. Oh, here we go then. It's going to be a good show. Let's get on with it. Are you ready? (laughs) Ready. Here we go. Okay. The jingle's playing, Cara, in case you can't hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Cara. Okay. Now I'm going to play the jingle for the first story. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, go. Am I supposed to go now? Yeah, right. you are supposed to be going now. <laughs> is, is this the first headline? It's the first headline. Go on, Kara. Destiny character. An 11-year-old with high-level Destiny characters has had his characters deleted by a troll who accessed his account through SharePlay. The 11-year-old entrusted his account to another user who said he was going to enact a glitch that would quickly level a character live on Twitch. The troll deleted several high-level characters using the 11... Using the eleven-year-old's account to, bur- and, and then he bur- he burst into tears live on the stream, oh no. which was like super a shame. I'm like, I'm sad. <laughs> I saw, did you see this story? <sighs> so much going on with this story. It was it was part of Eurogamer's human reporting. They add a bit of humanity to games, don't right? They, they do. E.g., did they recommend this uh, this tactic, or was it uh, <laughs> <laughs> exceptional? Was there no what, comment what on was it? The tone of the story, <laughs> Was it supportive? So, the, so more on this story. Um, essentially, um, this eleven-year-old uh, used to—he was—he was playing Destiny with this other guy over the internet who obviously didn't know. And then um, he had this like Twitch stream going 
where like this guy he was gonna, he was going to let this guy into his account and like this guy was he you know he promised to you know level up his characters through all those glitches that happen in Destiny and essentially just like started deleting everything and the kid like just cried and oh, it's no. it's just like emotionally devastating and Ka- his mother is super angry as well. Kara, has anyone ever taken advantage of you online? Uh, I don't think so. I guess, like, when I was, like, 12 years old, I used to uh, go on AOL chat, and I, I'm suspicious of the fact that, like, there were lots and lots of um, supposed women who were interested in, like, private chatting me. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was definitely... Supposed I- women. That's what I call them, too, Cara. <laughs> Cara, can you just allowed. remind us of your login de- your Facebook login details? Because we just need to check something. <laughs> it's all right. If you read your password password out on air, it just bleeps it out. It's fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody emerge in this story with any credit? Uh, so, my, so, obviously, it's terrible. Um, it wasn't the guy, uh, as you mentioned, he'd handed his account, his account over to someone else. Um, so, you know, there's a lesson there. Um, don't let people uh, use your account. Um, you well, shouldn't. I mean, that's what Bungie said. Bungie were like, well, just don't let strangers use SharePlay, but then that's the point of it. So I don't know. Anyway. Um, the other no, uh, the other thing is, though, um, Destiny's a Peggy 16, isn't it? Has anybody pointed mm. this out? Yes, I think, like, uh, everyone who's been commenting on it, you know, certainly, like, the Destiny community was like, why did they let, you know, this kid play this game? Because it's obviously not for him and yeah so lots of people have been like really divided over it over it because some people are like basically you should be banning the guy who deleted all these characters and there's like a big campaign to essentially confiscate this guy's stuff and then give it to the 11 year old (laughs) i mean it's kind of a cute community thing yeah cute if you think mob justice should rule <laughs> I mean, oh it's so adorable isn't it <laughs> Let's i was being him. ironic <laughs> okay car are you ready for news story number two okay okay go ps4 exclusive the order 1886 number one in the uk charts so um this is Sony's PlayStation 4 exclusive The Order entered the UK All Formats chart in first place. Sony's previous UK number one was Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Remastered, which came out for PS4 in August of, 20, August of 2014. And the release of Ready at Dawn's The Order beats out Activision's Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which is second. Last week's number one, Turtle Rocks Evolve, falls to third. So um, you, you would think that they'd be delighted about this, The Order guys, but they've been a bit angry on Twitter, I've seen. Well, this isn't the first game that has uh, not done particularly well in uh, terms of review scores that has gone on to top the charts. Mm, it got slated, didn't it? As in it got six out of tens out of 10. everywhere. Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're, they're furious, but it's still done commercially pretty well, it seems. Well, it seems to. It's difficult to know what is commercially well. Um, didn't uh, Tomb Raider sold like over... Yeah, uh, I think Tomb Raider sold over a million. That wasn't um, deemed to be enough. Uh, so yeah, we, it's it's top of the charts. It's done as well as it can do mm-hmm. this week, um, and that's all we can ask. All we can ask. All we can ask. Try hardest. Good work. Yes, the one of the Santa Monica Studios guys has been on Twitter slagging off the press, mm. um, which what? is a, a daft thing to do. I think. Why do we even <laughs> bother if they're going to be mean? He said. I paraphrase. <sighs> Such a downer on games. Yeah, um, which puts him in an interesting position, I guess. When. Uh, the press take a look at his games next. I don't know. It's difficult to argue. Um, you know, I've always said you can't really argue with someone's opinion. 
you can only argue with the facts um, and the facts seem to be for the order that it's quite short um, and that it doesn't do anything particularly different Mike Bithell was loving it though he was saying on Twitter yesterday was so he? Interesting. Maybe uh, it's Bithel you need to tap up in order to get to the top of the charts. Has anybody here played it? I haven't had a chance I, I've yet. I've played a bit of it. Nope. No. Okay. So, uh, Car, how how is it? It's it's very uninteresting. I mean, it's really pretty, but it's just nothing. There's nothing going on in it at all. I feel like it's just like a lot of like quick time events, and it's like got shiny graphics. And that's it. Like, I, there's just nothing going on in it for so me. So negative. I don't know why we give her Down a platform. It's unbelievable. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's the same thing you can level at any kind of first, you know, new-gen console title. I know we're not quite at the very beginning of a console generation, but it's going to take a while before they, we stop getting the big, glossy, but slightly boring games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kari, are you ready for story three? I am. Go. Don't buy Darkest Dungeon from the Windows Game Store dev warns. The developer of Darkest Dungeon has issued a warning about an illegal version of the Steam hit currently available to buy on the Windows Game Store. Red Hook Studios co-president and Darkest Dungeon designer Tyler Sigmund tweeted about the availability of a Windows 8.1 app version of his game, calling on his followers for the contact details of someone at Microsoft who may be able to have it removed. Sigmund said the person who published Darkest Dungeon on the Windows Game Store was scamming the game by selling it illegally. Uh, there are a number of warning signs on the Darkest Dungeons Windows Game Store page. Uh, it costs two fifty nine. it says, and Darkest Dungeon costs four fourteen ninety nine on Steam. Beware of and the bargain. And it's a two megabit download suggesting it could be some form of spyware. Ah, okay. Um, so I saw some mixed, mixed reactions to this online. A lot of people were saying, this is disgusting. This is why Microsoft Store sucks. Uh, you know, they need to do something about it. Otherwise, devs are never going to release things on there if they can't be sure of uh, security and stuff. So it isn't the game then? It's not the game. It's just someone's it, sort of mocked up something that looks superficially like the game, stuck it on sale for two quid. Well, you can't. <laughs> but then, um, then you know, some people will respond to this saying, "Listen, you know, it's you. You raise a good point. Obviously, you'd expect Microsoft, Microsoft to be looking after stuff like this. But then again." If you have a very closed platform like Apple's, then you complain that it's really, really hard to get stuff on there and they're deleting things and goodness me, what about freedom of speech? So they're kind of damned if they do or damned if they don't, aren't they? Is uh, Sunless Sea available on the Windows 8 store? Uh, fail better. Not yet. Not and yet. if we no, see it, it will be in a matter of hours. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, uh, right. I see. And it's interesting that uh, the comment that um, it's only a small file size is taken into it. Does anybody else check how big something is when you're about to pay for it? <laughs> no. No? I mean, they, they say that the other warning sign was that the game's description was written in broken English. <laughs> so that probably is like an early warning sign that something's wrong. Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know. Some developers I mean, maybe think I, that it's okay. I, I do. Don't know. When it, on, my, uh, on my birthday... Right. Uh, happy birthday, even, by the way. Sorry, my birthday party. Okay, happy my birthday. second happy official birthday, birthday, birthday party <laughs> of the year. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, it, was, it was all right. <laughs> How's your mum? <laughs> um, I went to uh, I went to a kebab shop next door to loading. Oh yeah, super kebab. Right, and uh, so I, you know, I asked, <laughs> that's his name and his description. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd expect so. I asked for I asked for a halloumi halloumi wrap. It was five pounds. 
Right. And I was, I was, I was on your birthday on my birthday, and I raised that with them, but they didn't care. <laughs> but at least they wrapped it. They didn't well, come in, in gift wrapping. Well, I wasn't so, I wasn't so upset when I saw the size of the kebab. <laughs> right. It was huge. It's a candle in your kebab. <laughs> I did ask for one, Cara. They weren't listening. That's so outrageous. I do, I'm prepared to pay five pounds for a big kebab, right. and I suppose it's like that on the Windows. I guess it must Windows be. store. Uh, Cara, you ready for yeah. story story number four? I am. Go. NVIDIA facing legal action over GTX 970 specs. NVIDIA finds itself in hot water as the debate surrounding its GTX 970 graphics card rages on, with the firm now facing a class action lawsuit as reported by PC World. The suit alleges that NVIDIA engaged in a scheme to mislead consumers nationwide about the characteristics, qualities and benefits of the GTX 970, citing incorrect specs supplied to the tech press. Um, Plaintiff Andrew Otrowski, I think is his name, bought two GTX 970s and apparently soon after installing these devices in his personal computer, plaintiff noticed that when using a high-resolution monitor, the devices caused applications to slow, sputter, and cease working. He also noticed that video games requiring higher levels of performance would not work properly. You see, Kara has learned from Anne there. She stuck the boring story in at number yep. four. Yep. Number four is the place no one cares about. <laughs> you put the story in there, you bring everyone down a bit, make them switch off, and then they knock them out of the park with oh, the story. For story story five. five is going to be a belter, isn't it? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so it was interesting that they were um, charged with uh, fooling consumers nationwide. So they weren't operating on just a regional level. <laughs> no. There, were, there, no. wasn't a, there wasn't a particular town where they were going, hey, we've got loads of graphics in this. <laughs> no, seriously, it's loads of graphics. Um, <laughs> there's been cases of this before of uh, manufacturers slightly overstating performance. Is, that, is, is this going be, to become a bigger issue, do we think, for PC gamers? Now, how can we trust what specs we're being told? I, I don't know. This is why I'm not a PC gamer. I, I keep thinking about upgrading my PC. I really, really want to. But every time I look, it's a nightmare. Like, the the idea, you know, people say, oh, just ask someone on Reddit. They'll sort it out for you. But then they start fighting amongst themselves. You know, AMD or NVIDIA. Wait, is that even an option? AMD or Intel? NVIDIA or the other one? Xbox. Or Xbox. <laughs> I, I get Nintendo. Get yeah, an old exactly. Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Fine, just stick Tetris <laughs> on it. You, you, my, exactly. My perfect graphics card would be one that didn't give me any options. Right. So right. it just, yeah, just like... So a console. Yeah, well, it, yeah exactly. No, no, one, you know, I, I get paralysed by choice. You know, do you want to... Uh, just nudge down your draw distance um, whilst wide- widening your field of view. Yeah, and it says at the start when you load up a game these days, you say, what graphics quality do you want? I want awful. I want the best. I want awful. I want poor. <laughs> How do you cope with this as uh, PC games uh, creators? Uh, we give them uh, like pleasant names. So we've got adequate, charming and sublime. That's ah, ah, nice. where you're going wrong. Nice. Good. All right, Kara, story five. It's going to be a good one, right? <laughs> okay. Okay, go. Final Fantasy concert album launches today. <sighs> Final sy- <laughs> Symphony. Final Sympathy. 
Final Symphony, a new album of Final Fantasy music performed by the London Symphony Orchestra is available to download from today. The compilation includes tunes from Final Fantasy 6, 7 and 10, recorded with composer Nobuo Uematsu at London's famous Abbey Road Studios. The 11-track album includes an 18-minute musical tour of Final Fantasy 6, along with a three-movement rendition of Final Fantasy 7's themes, lasting almost 45 minutes. Final Symphony... Final Symphony... Arrangements. That's what I'm calling it now. Okay. Were composed as part of a worldwide concert tour held over the past two years, uh, which is set to return to London again in 2015. So this is a brilliant story because am I allowed to talk about what happened on my birthday? On your birthday? Did you have a nice on my birthday? On your birthday part? Right. Yeah. Um, I think you are. I believe because I saw some pictures of this over the Twitter. Right. Then it must be absolutely fine. Uh, on my second official birthday of the year, on Thursday. Uh, rocked up to Loading Bar to do a little admin for Marioki, just to check it was, you know... Fi- Staff, aren't we, in Loading, practically? <laughs> we are. Pass, just just to check it was, it, everything was fine. And they did, you know what Jimmy, proprietor James. of the Loading yep, Bar, had done for us? He put on the, the London Philharmonic, <laughs> performing the Zelda themes <laughs> as I walked in. Happy birthday! Oh, happy, this happy happens every year to you, though, surely yeah, it that... Does. It does. I, you know, I, I tried to be gracious about it, but not it you again. was typical. Right. And no, it was brilliant. It yeah, was for, I, yeah. what, who was it for? It was for special effects, was it? Something along that, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I saw that... <laughs> I saw the um, the orchestra set up a loading bar playing a song that I love, and I was not there, and no one had told me about it. So I I I wasn't interested in what who was benefiting from it. All I knew is that it wasn't me. I was furious. Why did nobody? Why did anybody tell me about this? Uh, did you appreciate it? You don't even like Zelda, Steve. I don't know. I, I, and closed, yeah, I closed the curtains. And yeah, exactly. and stood outside. Put your earphones on. I've started accidentally playing Ocarina of Time again. <laughs> well, I have accidentally now. And, and now I'm How back into happen? it. Well, you fell into it. I, I got a new 3DS and I thought, oh, I wonder if uh, there are any improvements in the, in the visuals for Ocarina of Time. I'll just load <laughs> it up here now. Hmm. And then you, mm. next thing you know, mm. you're getting the hook I've shot just, and yeah, then the boomerang. I've, and just, then the... I've just got the catapult from the Deku tree. And, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the Deku tree. I love the Deku well, tree. Exactly, yeah. It's, you know, so, yeah, I, I would have been a. What do you think of uh, Final Fantasy music, though? Well, I hate eight and nine. Right. Clearly, like, like the Philharmonic Orchestra. Why did they skip those then, Carla? <laughs> <laughs> We've got all the music from six, seven, and ten. <laughs> like, <laughs> says a lot that, doesn't it? There's some composer somewhere fuming exactly. that his work's been completely ignored. <laughs> what? Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Cara.
One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Many thanks to Cara. Thanks, for Cara. stepping in at the last minute and being a brilliant newsreader, as ever. Yes. Uh, we're looking forward to catching up with Cara next week. At GDC, when we'll be doing five shows out there. Five, five shows. Monday One Life Left to Friday. Friday. They will be podcasted at some point. We assume they'll be broadcast on Resonance 104.4 FM as well. That is the station on which we are right now. It's the best radio station in the world. And we are... Uh, okay radio show about video yeah games. did you notice we got an email from um the station controller um, i did I, I hadn't read that because I, he was upstairs earlier when i saw him and i was really <laughs> polite with him and i hadn't read it and i'm worried now that he thinks i was just ignoring it i emailed back immediately you? Okay, to good. say we'll deal with it right so it's fine uh, this is what is this this is dope rhymes by wholesome family music it's from chipmusic.org you can download this and lots of other brilliant pieces of chip music from there. Simon, shall we do some interviews? Hannah and Liam, thank you so much for coming in. Apologies for the slightly rough start. Um, we're, I was going to say normally that we're better than that, but in truth, we're not. In well, it was someone's birthday recently, so, you know, <laughs> to be expected. Still recovering. Yeah. Um, this isn't the first time that Fail Better Games has been on the show, is it? No. No. Last time you came, you were, uh, we were talking about Sunless Sea. Yep. Um, which was uh, still in development then, um, and you were also hinted at an announcement. And now the game's the game Sunday has come out of early mm-hmm. access, yeah. is it? It's a proper game. It's grown. It's all grown up. <laughs> yep. Yep. And we're able to talk some more about the stuff you hinted at. So tell us about Sunless Sea. Well, this time last year we just entered early access, and after seven months in development, we released Sunless Sea at the beginning of February. At the bottom of your e- of your email correspondence, yes. uh, you say. Explore an ocean, smuggle silken souls, devour your crew. Yes. Is that an adequate description of the game? Oh, worst yeah. comes to worst, yes, you do eat your crew. <laughs> okay. I mean, all the time. I mean, it comes Pretty to worse a lot. Does you, it? You die a lot. It's a hard game. I, so, <laughs> yeah. so what we should do, we should bring people up. To, I mean, because obviously all of our listeners listen to every show. Yeah. But we should just bring them up to speed with exactly what's, what you do in Sunless Sea. What sort of game is it? Uh, Sunless Sea is a nautical, roguelike, roguelite uh, exploration okay. game. Uh, which features frequent death and cannibalism. Um, and <laughs> is that good enough? I, what more do you want? Well, I, I want no more. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us where Sunless Sea is set. Well, Liam. Well, it's set in the same universe as uh, our first game, Fallen London, which is a sort of alternate reality, uh, sort of 19th century, where London has, for mysterious reasons, been dragged uh, underground into a massive cavern and been plonked on the edge of it and it's uh, it's your job to go and explore all the various islands and the kind of nasty gribblies that lurk beneath the sea and the strange and exotic uh, people that inhabit all of the different islands I've been reading um, an awful lot uh, from the respective um, PC game sites, Rock Paper Shotgun have been doing a lot on Sunless Sea mm. and the I've not I've not been lucky enough to play it myself yet, um, but the uh, people seem to be really enamoured with it. Um, they, they're, the way that they talk about Sunless Sea, it seems to be incredibly personal. They have, like, they're surprised by the stories that it's telling. And yeah, it's, it, it, how has the reaction generally been for you? It's been astonishingly positive and gratifying. And we got uh, the last 10 out of 10 from Eurogamer 
um, and now they're calling us essential. So right, uh, yeah. shut down the story. Did you get last ten That's it. We We're done it. here. We've done enough damage here, folks. Ten out of ten. And so that we'll was see. by Simon Parkin as well. Simon yeah. Parkin. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I read that piece, and I don't think I've read anything that's made me want to play a game I, more. I completely agree, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that's what's um, struck me about whenever anybody's been talking about it, is that um, you know you can read stuff and go, yeah, that's not for me, or yeah, I, I will get around to playing that. But it, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, it sounds exactly like it's for me. It sounds... Did it sounds, you write this for Steve's birthday? Yeah, did you write it? It's okay if you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm flattered rather than embarrassed. But um, it reminds me of some of the... the I, I talk a lot on this show about Road Not Taken, which is one of my favourite video games of recent times. Also about Niflis's, uh Knit Underground, which again I think is a wonderful storytelling game from which... Uh, players derive different things, even though there is a strictly authored narrative in there. Yeah. That's a really challenging thing to do. It's a tough line to walk on. There's 250,000 words of story in Sunless Sea, and there's over a million in Fallen London. But the emergent stories are, I think, what people have responded to the mm-hmm. most. And a lot of the reviews have been first-person accounts of, well, my, my crew did this, then I did that, and then we all died. And then I ate them. And <laughs> I ate them, but we made it back alive. And then next time, oh, I had to bury this captain under the waves. and. Mm. It, it gets people by both ears and it's a game of solitude and it's a game that you spend a lot of time with and I think all of the reviewers had put in 12 or 15 or 20 hours before they... Because you can check, can't you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who put in the most... How much did Parco put in? I couldn't tell you. The most hours in yeah, the game can. by another by any player is over 400. Wow. And that was before release even. Right. I think they must have left it running or something. That seems... <laughs> I'm, no, I'm... I know the guy. He's well into it. <laughs> I'm specifically interested interested in how many hours Simon Parkin put in. Can you find that out? Our Steam back end, couldn't tell you. Yeah, and how many hours how many hours per letter in recommended was that? <laughs> Given that we couldn't do how many hours per point. Um you're becoming quite uh, obviously known for this sort of like very narrative heavy it's which is interesting in that um uh, there's a big debate at the moment about how big games should be and if you've got a million words in fallen london and 250,000 in sunless sea it's uh, yeah what do you think the appeal of such sort of broad endlessly replayable games is i think that uh, i think the secret really is just content just lots and lots of content it's always been uh, one of the driving principles in the games that we do uh, we just want to create as much content for people to enjoy as possible um, and then uh, just give them the kind of tools to sort of build a narrative uh, with that. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's always, it always seems to come back to, oh, well, you know, we could stop here, but why don't we just push it a bit further and a bit further? And we've just released the game, and already it seems like the conversations return to, yeah, yeah, it's uh, more words in there than the King James Bible, but we could probably squeeze some, some more, more in. Right. <laughs> and they're really high-quality words, and we can say that because we don't write them. Right. He would say it if he was here, Alexis Kennedy, uh-huh. our chief narrative officer, and um, the guest writers on Sunless Sea, including Richard Cobbett, the game's journalist, yeah. uh, Meg Giant, who wrote for 80 Days, um, they've turned out this incredible rich prose that you just don't get many places. There's not much space for that much right. prose in a lot of games. It's always struck me that... Um, um, early access, I think, is a really, really useful thing for developers, or can be. But narrative games are a bit of an odd fit for early access. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a hard line to uh, to walk that one. Uh, particularly when we first launched it, we did have this real feeling of is there enough there, enough for people to um, to kind of get dug into. But um, with the pace that we kind of work at, um, it meant that we could release frequently enough 
that even if it felt like a, a small kind of shallow experience to start with, it very quickly started like building up. Um, as I say, so many words in there, we were almost managing to keep pace with, uh, I think, a lot of our players in terms of uh, consumption. So that really, really helped. But yeah, you've got to be prepared to do a lot of writing in order to make that work for a narratively driven bet, yeah. early access game. Where, where next for this universe then? Can we expect to see more stories emerge from yourselves in the... Is it, is it called the Fallen London Universe? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So anything... Um, well, Fallen London's a going concern. We release content for Fallen London pretty much monthly. Currently, it's the Feast of the Exceptional Rose, in which you can send things that, like maggots that bear roses to your loved one. Um, for their birthday. For, well, which, for you your know. birthday. Well, my birthday's on Valentine's Day. Oh, there you so go. So it would be appropriate. Mm. Excellent. Well, they're all for you in, in your honour this year. Um and we have festivals and feasts in that game all year long, and we're also going to be working on the first piece of DLC for Sunless Sea, which was confirmed um, as a Kickstarter stretch goal. It's funded, and it's called Submariner. Good stuff. Now, uh, before we move on, just briefly tell us about your work with Bioware. That's exciting, isn't it? Yes. That's an exciting thing that we did last year. We Don't. released a uh, Fail Better style narrative game um, that bridges the gap between Dragon Age 2 and Dragon Age Inquisition. It's available to play at the Dragon Age Keep. How was that working with those guys? Well, it was. It wasn't really us, but <laughs> it was um, the experience of a lifetime, I think, for some of our writers. It was the first uh, first thing when I got uh, when I got hired. Was it's like, oh yeah, how good, nice to have you on board. By the way, sign this non disclosure agreement because we've been working on this project now for two years. And we don't <laughs> want you to blow it now. Uh, it was a long time. Uh, like uh, coming to uh, fruition and um but it was really really amazing and it was so interesting to see the development of Dragon Age Inquisition and even just in a small way to feel like you, we had a stake in that so when uh, when they kind of uh, when they'd release stuff we'd be like oh wow that's amazing we can't tell anyone no <laughs> we really want to tell people it's cool. There's a place that um, Alex made up that's on the map in Dragon Age Inquisition that you can send people to. Fantastic. You can point at it. <laughs> Where can uh, our listeners find out a little bit more about the work that you're doing? We are Fell Better Games everywhere. Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, Facebook, uh, anywhere that counts. Um, and Sunless Sea is available on Steam, Humble and GOG. Good stuff. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left Local News. An incident has occurred where a train full of Cooper Troopers, who were in town to support the Bowser All-Stars, refused to let a toad onto the carriage. Video footage obtained by our reporter showed the Coopers using unnecessary force against the toad and even chanting horrible things like, he's got a mushroom on his head. We spoke to the manager of the Bowser All-Stars, who denounced the people involved in the incident and had this to say. I am saddened to see that people claiming to be fans of mine would act in such a way. I have always asked my fans to treat people the way they wanted to be treated themselves, unless the other person was Princess Peach, in which case they should kidnap her and bring her to my castle so she can bake me a cake. I am angry at my fans for doing this, despite there not being mushroom on the train. Get it? Oh, Bowser, you were doing so well. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. Letters. Thank you very much for your correspondence this week. We only had to ask once. Uh, we got loads of letters. Um, I'm going to start off with Joe List's quick um, update to his 
correspondence last week says uh, to team at onelifeleft.com he says I don't have a question but last week you made me feel pretty bad for not saying happy birthday in my email so happy birthday I hope one day you can forgive me and he includes um, a picture of three dogs with little party hats on apology so. accepted Joe yeah I'm sure we can move on now yes excellent <laughs> okay Robert Wells Weasel Spoon writes dear team and SSG SSGs this week with the recent YouTube leak of The Order 1886, which I'm sure you've covered in the news, some people have focused on the length of the game. I'm a fan of the short game. I like games that are finite, that I can put down with satisfaction. It's even better when there's more to go back to if you want it, like Portal. What's your ideal length for a game? 70 hours, 7 hours, 7 minutes? Pip-pip, Roberts. Well, that's a very good question, isn't it? I, For the first time, I'm finding myself... I've, I've talked about this before. I'm, I'm finding myself... Um, deviate from the main mission structures in GTA um, you know recently I took to this is GTA 5 uh, recently I took to only travelling anywhere in helicopter which mm-hmm. I was quite enjoying um, and sort of wasting parts of the day um, just uh, checking out the the, uh, the approximation of Los Angeles as I remember it and um, yeah I'm going to miss that game when it's uh, when, when I finished it so in terms of GTA 5 I wanted to go on forever but all other games I want to be able to finish them <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, it's different. So what I, does that like, mean? In terms well, of if we, if, so if we talk about roguelikes, um, FTL, uh, Spelunky um, are two games that I could, that I've never seen the end of, but I could happily play forever. Mm-hmm. Similarly to, with Summer Sea, Summer Sea, uh, which we're going to enjoy. Um, but otherwise, I, yeah, I mean, eight to ten hours sounds ideal for me. I don't get a, a huge amount of time to play at home on a console handheld games at the moment are I'm really enjoying uh, the games that are coming to Vita uh, 3D, the new 3DS is, um, is, is uh, beautiful so I, I, there clearly isn't a, a time that games should be um, it's just a shame when you see them slightly over over we see them padded I remember the was it Uncharted two or three? They there's there are there's, they're, they're like sort of two or three hours slightly too long. I I I think that games like that, games that want to be movies, should be the length of movies and should be two hour two you know three hours is too long. I you can sense so much padding in them, and I I don't know I'm not interested personally in playing an experience in, in a narrative experience that isn't generated or feels like my own that's longer than a couple of hours i can listen to your story thanks uh, you know but uh, but but it better be amazing and it's hard to be amazing over the course of eight hours than it is over two hours i i, I agree with you about uh, video games that play to the strengths of video games though like roguelikes uh, i could play them forever and indeed am with spelunky finish it in half an hour though seven minutes actually seven really? minutes and 30 seconds is my record have you got anything to add to that Sunless Sea is very long. It's an incredibly long game. <laughs> yeah. London is a lifestyle, right. and you will never ever get out of it. But, but is Sun, Sunless Sea is a, is a long game, right? But it's a game with a where you tell a story in it, which is finite, uh, which may result in your death, and that's one game. Yeah, and that presumably isn't necessarily very long. No, that could be a couple of minutes to yeah. twenty yeah. hours. It depends right. on what happens at sea. Yeah, exactly. Hannah. Yes. You've got a letter. I do. So, hey team and SSGs, apparently it was the Academy Awards the other day. The films are split into genres and disciplines and stuff and given prizes of golden men. If you did an award show, how would you divide the games up or wouldn't you? And who would be your gold man? From Sally Pierre Lemieux. Uh, award show. What would we do if we did One Life Left Awards, Simon? 
Well, I think we'd have to go for top scoring game of the series, wouldn't we? That would be yeah, a hotly yeah, yeah. Um, contested. Maybe controversially, we'd do bottom score as yeah, well. Yeah, they'd be like the raspberries. It would be. We could do that. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. I don't think there's room for us to launch an award, so is it? We uh, we predicted the BAFTAs last week. We could do uh, top 101 women. 101. <laughs> Can I be 101st? Uh, we wouldn't put them in an order. No, we wouldn't put them in order. It's not that you want to put women in order? I want to be the That's one That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. This is in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and who would be our man? It'd have to be Mario, wouldn't it? A golden Mario. Very good. Would Very it? Good. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liam, do you have a letter? I do. Uh, dear team and super special guests, next week we'll see the wonderful madness and beauty that is GDC and specifically One Life... Uh, left Marioki making its stateside debut. While I'm sure every preparation is being made to adjust the hashtag content for the overseas audience <laughs> by dropping extra U's and changing any references of pavements to sidewalks, we should also remember the one thing that is common on both sides of the Atlantic is love, shoehorning in game references to popular songs, and ice cream. So, to that end, and in, to mo- and in no way to cross-promote uh, Steve's other podcast venture in which he talks about ice cream called Any Given Sunday... If your favourite game was an ice cream, which ice cream would it be and why? That's from uh, Ben uh, Borthwick. Interesting. If my favourite uh, game was an ice cream... I mean, I'm very much a traditional Cornetto man. Really? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Okay, what Give sort of choice. Cornetto, though? What, straight, straight, straight Cornetto? Up, no, yeah, no, vanilla and chocolate, no yeah. Strawberry, strawberry, okay. get out. Um, Toffee, what? If my favourite game... I, I think uh, Spelunky right. would be Gold Medal Ribbon. It would be uh, Baskin Robbins Gold Melt Ribbon flavour. You know, it's it's delicious, it's sweet, and it's got that thread of gold that keeps you going back for more. Right, That's this a good answer. I genuinely hadn't thought on. that before. <laughs> I'm quite impressed with myself. Right. Anyway, hashtag content, hashtag any given Sunday. Let's have some music. This is Phantom Party by Motion Ride. <laughs> Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a radio show about video games. It's been a packed show so far. We've still got some more features to do and our review section at the end of the show. A uh, little bit of admin though. If you are a new listener to One Life Left, which you might be because you've been drawn in by the publicity surrounding our Marioki at GDC, welcome. 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 It's good to have you. Thanks for coming. A radio show sort of about video games and we will be doing Marioki at GDC Marioki is our thing where we sing songs 
pop songs about video games. Have we tailored the list for an American audience, as Ben mentioned? Uh, the answer to that is no. I mean, no with a sort of. I added some Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> when you say some, do you mean one? Yeah. And was that Footloose? No, it was Danger Zone. Oh, Danger Zone, okay. I could add Footloose. Footloose would be a good one. What could you do that about? Uh, it's got to be DDR or something, hasn't yeah. it? Does that rhyme with Footloose? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> what, like, does Peter Molyneux rhyme with Footloose? What rhymes with Footloose? What could something that Peter Molyneux does Goose. rhyme with Footloose? Loose. Footloose and Loose. fancy free Papoose. not working on goddess. <laughs> like... Goddoose. Goddoose. Terrible boo. Got to cut the Goddoose. You were uh, you saying earlier, you were asked whether we were going to talk about Peter Molyneux, Liam, didn't you, before the show? <laughs> yeah, I you're did. You're quite yeah. sad about uh, Yeah, I, I, I do. I sort of feel, um, I, I've, you know, I've had kind of conflicted opinions about Peter Molyneux, but, uh, yeah, I just feel really sorry about everything that's been, that's happened over the past couple of weeks. Like, it just seems really, really sad. I mean, it's it's clearly kind of, uh, it's a person whose intentions are really, really good, and um, yeah, just feels like everything's bubbled up uh, so underneath you saying, him. You're saying you wouldn't want a footloose written to be to be written about <laughs> quite. quite. Um, yeah, what is it? What, so are we concerned about any songs that won't translate? Well, I'm, I'm, when I think about this, I'm very concerned about the S Club Seven. Okay, so I don't think they ever broke over in the States. What, of which is... Um, did I reach, write that one? Reach. reach about Ooh La La. No, no didn't. I didn't do that one. I did... Um, we have some quite British Stop. songs. Stop, and I did Spice Girls. Yeah, yeah, Spice Girls did that. Okay. But also, I was thinking on the way there, the songs that are dangerous, that may go badly over there, are the ones that Americans will definitely select because they're big American bands, e.g. My Chemical Romance, but about very British things. Yes, I thought this as well, yeah. So My Chemical Romance is about the spectrum, the song that we've mm. done, <laughs> and loading tapes, and they didn't really get that over right. there. But we'll see, won't we? we? Yeah, I mean, they have paid, haven't they? What are, <laughs> what are the rules on well, we PayPal? Did, we we, did, like, you hear these horror stories, don't you? We Could, did get our first refund <laughs> we did. That even, today. That hasn't even happened yet, has <laughs> But I like, I like the idea that, that the gentleman who asked for a refund just woke up. Woke nah. up one morning and was like, nah. no, that's never going to work. <laughs> Which is, uh, is fair enough. No, it's gonna, it's gonna, uh, we've got lots, uh, lots of friends are coming over, aren't they? I think it's going to be fine. I think as long as we open with some strong songs, mm. first two or three, because that's what a karaoke host normally does isn't it they they open themselves david the, the thing is you basically in your first songs as a karaoke host you've got to show how bad you can possibly be and how it doesn't matter you've got to set a bar that's really low but at the same time involves everyone in the room which is why you know park life is a really really good one to go first because everyone can sing along shout along but also we're quite bad and, and if you're valve totally. you can walk out during which, it. which literally happened <laughs> <laughs> um, <First> song <laughs> yeah I, I did drop him in him a line you know i, I saw and then he, he, um, he didn't reply oh, okay so <laughs> Anyway, it's gonna uh, be good. Let's. It is going to be good, but this is the last episode of One Life Left before that. Yes. And understand that if you're listening to this in a, in a couple of months' time on the podcast, you can just skip on. To yeah, and when see we what when we look for, when we talk uh, fondly about how we open with Park Life, and that was the worst <laughs> thing that we could have done <laughs> to pinpoint this moment with the hubris. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, time for game under. Sick. In fact, stop the revolution for a second. I need to sit down. This is going under. 
This week, Eurogamer announced that they would no longer include numerical scores at the end of their reviews. This is a backward step in our quest for objectivity in game journalism. After all, we all know that numbers are objective, and words, like recommended, are subjective. Even if you spell out a number with letters, it becomes subjective. In an effort to reverse this move and provide balance to the industry, I'm going to start attaching number scores to the end of my features, thus transforming them from subjective op-ed pieces into objective reviews. You can't argue with science. I've also noticed a definite drop in the frame rate whilst viewing Eurogamer since the announcement was made, but that could be because I've been blinking a lot recently. Eurogamer, for this move I'm giving you the worst score possible. 7 out of 10. Until next time on Game Under. Still One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, or possibly on a podcast, uh, if you're listening to it later. We were just talking shop, weren't we? You told our Fail Better friends a secret there, didn't you? I did. A bit of a secret, yeah. A little bit of a secret. Don't mention that, okay? (laughs) But we'll tell everybody about everything you're doing. What are you doing, by the way? We're good at NDAs, we don't mind. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're going to be working on... Submariner, that's what we're doing. Okay. 24 hours a day. And then going to GDC. So, so at GDC, we're going to be doing some shows there. And one of the things we're going to be doing on the show is making a video game for Resonance. We're going to be making a game that, you know, allows us to uh, continue to brand. be... Monetise the brand and continue to be in Resonance's good books, <laughs> which <you>. we're, we're <laughs> slipping <laughs> out of. <laughs> As we found out from the email from the uh, station controller. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to make them a game. Yes. It's, the, it's the gift that keeps on giving because exactly. you'll keep on buying it in the app store and we've been talking about this over the last few weeks uh, and the, sh- the game that we're going to make we decided on this last week is we're going to make a game where you have a, you have a, I'm going to describe this to you paint a picture in yours and the listeners heads you you have a plank right or a, a thing it's a very, very thing well. you know flat thing have you, have you, yeah. you know Blank, Bang Man, the Sun's Game of the Year uh, so far in January. Yeah, so yeah. like that. Yeah, you have a you have a plank. You have three objects representing the presenters of One Life Left. That is Anne, C, Steve, and Simon. They drop down, and you have to tilt two of them, but not the third, the one specified, off the plank. You see, mm-hmm. then there's only one life left. When you've done uh. that, you get a point, and the other two drop down again, and a different one you've got to knock off. You see, uh. or maybe the same one. 
That's so you're trying too. to make a chain. You're trying to do it. As you're many continuously times. knocking people off the or, or or sort of sliding them off the platform. Yeah, Weeble, like a wobble. little kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah very simple, right? If we do it based on this week's show, of course, we won't have to render and <laughs> less, less work. It's fewer work, won't it? <laughs> Maybe we detect what process you're running on. And <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so do you have any contributions you'd like to make to that game, either design or you, if you want, you can offer to make it for us. Uh, I think uh, the surface of the plank should be a, a variable game option. So a slimier one oh. or ice. Ice level, fire level. Yeah, fire level. Interesting. Important. Do you know if there are any ice or fire plugins for Game for Maker? Game Maker. <laughs> <laughs> just out of interest. We could do it. Yeah. We're just curious. Actually, Steve, I think we just need to set a variable for friction, don't yeah. we? But I think we actually I think, <laughs> I that, do. I think that's uh, the solution for that. I think we'll just stick it in an array, yeah. right? <laughs> just right, just yeah. put it in an array. Yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like us to add to the game? Banging tunes. Banging, banging tunes, tunes good suggestion. Important. Everyone loves banging tunes. Banging chip tunes. Are you offering to write those banging tunes for us? I could market it for you. That's what I do. Okay. Marketing. <laughs> we do need yes, marketing. I'll be there with my clapperboard and my frame. Thank you very much. You're hired. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so you're, what would you like your title to be in the game? Um, <laughs> what well, uh, Alexis in calls the me the blue-haired communicark. Okay, so okay. that's what the I am. Blue-haired communicark. He made Cark. it up. Yeah, okay. like oligarch, but oh, communicark. Okay. Oh, I see, I see. Liam, what are you going to be on our game? I'll be uh, Mondo Power Lord. Okay. Mondo Power, you'll have to do quite a lot for Mondo Power Lord. <laughs> what is the is the fire ice? Not uh, is, I'm not pulling my weight with that. That's but the winning formula. We solved that. We were the engineers. We solved that with the variable. We have, have friction equals friction. I don't know. Like plus well, one. Where's the friction? Friction of fire. It's four. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, solved. Uh, I think it's time for reviews, isn't it? Let's do it. Okay, Simon, what have you been playing this week? Well, we're a little late uh, with the reviews this week, so I won't be able to go into as much detail as I probably should with this. But, um, hey, I've been playing Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, or Ultimate 4, whatever it's called. Have you heard about this? Uh, I have. It's the one where you have to cook steaks, right? It's exactly what it is. It's what it says on the box. Steak cook, cooking cook game. steaks, and okay. then that's it. No, it's the game that um, everybody's been playing all the time forever. Um, and it's a game that I have... Looked in on other people's enthusiasm for as I've sort of pushed my forehead against the window of them enjoying it in gathering halls and rooms. And whenever I've tried to play with their game, I've, I've just I've just not gone with it, and I've sort of very quickly traded it in a computer exchange. Um, but you know, uh, none. Uh, just this just goes to show that I do not learn. Um, so I bought a copy of Monster Hunter with my new 3DS, and I have to say. I think I'm enjoying it. I'm not certain. I had to go on a forum and go, at what point do you start to, like, do you recognise that you're enjoying it? Because I am playing this, but I don't know if I'm enjoying it. They went, oh, that's just Monster Hunter. <laughs> um, so you start as a character, and then you have to hunt, hunt monsters and use uh, their bones and meat and stuff you find on a hunt to make create more armour which enables you to fight more monsters. They become increasingly difficult. I did have... Um, I went on my first urgent quest, and um, I, w I got knocked out twice. If you get knocked out three times, you have to start it again, and I've been playing for about 40 minutes. And I th I, I'm not somebody who likes repeating the same thing many times. So I thought, oh, if I die, I'd close my 3DS and had to go and do a full day's work, and then on the way home, I'm like, if I have to do this again, I'm just not going to bother. I, I know I defeat. I think the game knew I defeated the monster, and now I've carried on playing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm getting into it more. I don't not certain whether I'm enjoying it. Um, 
but yeah, there's a lot in there. Seven out of ten. Okay, guys. I have mostly been playing Virtue's Last Reward on the 3DS, which is a combination of a kind of Japanese manga visual novel and a locker room puzzle game. Um, and I'm very much enjoying playing it with my wife, except for where we have to throw the DS at the wall because we can't do it. And I would mark it down because the player character is sometimes revoltingly sexist um, in that way that only a kind of otaku-style Japanese main player character can be. So I'd have to give it a 7 out of 10. That seems fair enough. I've basically been playing nothing uh, since about December uh, but uh, Dying Light, which uh, I'm really, really enjoying. Like, it's a great combination of, uh, of you know, um, action, uh, parkour running, uh, and, uh, yeah, smashing the heck out of uh, zombies in this big, uh, big open-world city. Uh, but it's I, I kind of like it a lot because it reminds me of Mirror's Edge, which is kind of a game that I really enjoyed at the time, and I sort of felt a game of its type missing from my life. But there's a big difference between sitting there with your housemate and you play, him watching you play Mirror's Edge and Dying Light because every now and then he will just look at me and the horror in his eyes as he sees me smashing this zombie's head open <laughs> again and again and it's like guts flying everywhere and he's just going, he's turning into a psychopath. <laughs> so uh, I think because it's giving me, you know, grief at home, it's going to have to be a 7 out of 10. Fair enough. Steve, what have you been playing? So I've been uh, playing a lot of Spelunky uh, over the last few weeks, but this week I decided to take a break and I've been playing The Order. So yeah, uh, very, very disappointing. Seven out of ten, I guess. That's awkward then, isn't it, if they sent you that for your birthday? Can you, what, did they enclose the receipt? I'm going to take it take yeah, it. Thanks very much. Uh, Tora, thanks very much. Uh, Liam and Hannah, thank you so much for coming in. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having us. putting up with us. Uh, yeah, we're really intrigued to find out where you go next with the world. Um, and we, Steve and I both said off uh, in the in-between bits of the show, we're definitely going to play this. Uh, so we'll see you there. Uh, everybody else will see you in GDC. Can't wait. See us. Really, really excited. See you soon. Bye. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.